Welcome to 6-Minute Stories, where you hear the writing of new voices and experienced writers whose submissions appear in the anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Now in Season 8, you will hear stories from our ninth collection, Sooner or Later. Find links to 6-Minute Stories and to the Personal Story Publishing Project at randalljones.com. Everybody loves a good story. We hope you enjoy this one. Longest Day by David and Sarah. My wife's body language and the wide-eyed horror on her face confirmed that this was as bad as it felt. All Ellen could do was clutch her crochet bag and watch me being tortured. A sizable horse tranquilizer needle was filled with numbing medicine and shot into the four X's marked with a sharpie on my head. The pain was excruciating. The liquid bubbled around my skull. My skin surged and twisted. I wanted to scream. I wanted to cry out, but I remained quiet. This procedure was by choice. Two-inch mounds of medicine rose from each injection site. When the doctor came back two hours later, he said, You have a big head. This frame may not fit. To flatten the mounds, he took his spatula-sized thumbs and rammed at the horns, causing crackling, sputtering sounds to echo in my ears. When it was over, I prayed for relaxation, but it was not to be found. He slipped the metal frame over my head, grabbed it tight, and screwed four pins into my skull. I had suffered from double vision for some time. Imagine going to the store and seeing shelves with a hundred yellow tags advertising weekly sales. When I looked at the shelves, I saw two hundred tags. As time passed, the strain on my brain increased and my vision got worse. Headaches, throbbing and tingling down the side of my face, discouraging and depressing. No longer able to stand the discomfort, I had an MRI, the results of which changed my life. They found a tumor in my head. This tiny white spot invaded a sensitive area called Meckel's Cave. It exerted pressure on the cavernous sinus, a space behind each eye, housing six nerves and blood vessels that control the eyes and face. This is what caused the double vision. The specialist gave me three choices. Live with it have something called gamma-knife radiation, which could take up to two years to see any results, or a third option of traditional surgery, only recommended if this were a life-or-death situation. In each case, they offered no guarantees that my sight would ever bounce back. I chose radiation. Two hours after they attached the frame, I got wheelchaired upstairs for an MRI. A mousy woman wearing a similar frame waited in the elevator. Tiny in her wheelchair, her head drooped, sadness poured from her body, and her eyes stared blankly beyond the elevator walls. I smiled. This would be a cool gimmick, I said. Let's form a band. She studied me for a few beats. Then a grin crept across her lips. Thank you, she whispered. This MRI focused on the invader in my head. 
Once they had a precise 3D image with tighter slices, they could plan their attack. They screwed my metal frame onto the table, and shortly thereafter, the machine started clicking away, grinding, rolling. Back at the room, Ellen helped me pass the time by teaching me how to crochet. Even with the weight of the frame pulling on my neck, I found myself able to create a one-inch square. I felt proud. It took my mind off this longest day. When my stomach growled, not having eaten since the previous night, I stretched out on the bed and closed my eyes. Ellen came to my side. She held my hand, and we waited. We arrived at the hospital at 5.30 a.m. I had been wearing the frame since 7 a.m. At 4 p.m., another wheelchair arrived. They took me to an enormous, sterile room. Ten people in white ushered me to the gamma table. They screwed my head frame onto the device and told me I could cough, move, whatever. It did not matter. My head was so tightly wound, it would not affect the procedure. They offered a choice of music to listen to, so I chose the Beatles. Then the machine inserted my body into a tight white tube, and I waited. I closed my eyes. I listened. I breathed. I tried to stay calm. Other than a few clicks and movements, the machine remained quiet. If not for the music, I am sure anxiety and claustrophobia would have filled my chest. Forty-five minutes later, it ended. They released me from the machine and unscrewed the frame from my head. I heard the pins unwinding and I felt my skin pulling and twisting as my freedom closed in. Ellen hugged me when I returned to the room. They offered a light snack while waiting to see if I would have any reaction from the procedure. At 6 p.m. they released us and I began the wait to see if my vision would ever return. On the way home, we stopped for ice cream. I had never tasted anything so astonishing. Copyright 2023, David and Sarah. David and Sarah lives on Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, with his wife Ellen Titus and their dog Mindy. David's most recent work appears in the Personal Story Publishing Project release, Lost and Found. He is a member of the Island Writers Network and works at the local Unitarian Church. David's first novel, a speculative thriller titled In Your Own Backyard, is currently being queried to agents. He is also a musician who has written over 400 songs, most being about his wife. Visit davidandsarah.weebly.com Read more about this writer and background on this story in a special feature of Six Minute Stories called Author's Talk. Thank you for listening to another Six Minute Story. You can read them all in the nine anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Find the link to our online store at randalljones.com. That's R-A-N-D-E-L-L jones.com. There you can learn about submitting your own story for consideration for our next personal story publishing project. And remember, everybody loves a good story.